No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. Hello, Faith Family, and welcome to another edition of Totally Free. It's the radio broadcast ministry of Free to Worship Ministries, now in Midway, Florida, where Pastor Ken Colvin is our senior pastor. The title of the day's message is No Murmuring When Moving Through the Wilderness. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't be murmuring. Glory to God. No murmuring through when moving through the wilderness. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 5, and it reads, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content, somebody say content, with such things as you have, for he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he says, I would never leave thee nor forsake thee. So what the writer of the passage is saying is that the covenant is everything. There's no safety in the world like the safety of the covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a big deal in the nation of Israel. And it's a real play on words and it's a play on things that took place in the Bible because what happened with the ark? The Bible says that when God judged the world, the people that were in covenant with God were in the ark. The ark of the covenant. So it's the covenant where we find safety at. Are you here? This covenant is everything. There's nothing in the world that's more important than for a man to be in covenant with God. Nothing in the world. You you can have as many houses as you want. You can have as many cars as you want. You can have as many women, as many men as you want, as much money as you want. And it doesn't mean anything. You can have the cattle on a thousand hills here on earth. Guess what? They all belong to him. There's nothing in the world that's more important than for a person to be in covenant with God. Amen? Amen. So, what led to the children of Israel murmuring in the wilderness? Why are you murmuring in the wilderness? Well, I'm just going to give you a little bit of backstory before we get started. Amen? The children of Israel were chosen by God. They were chosen to be in covenant with God. All the way back to Abraham, there was a promise that was given to them. And this is for the people that aren't really familiar. Everybody don't understand the Bible. So if you know it, then go ahead and just, just listen along and, you know. There was a promise that was given to Abraham. And God told Abraham that his descendants were the descendants of promise and he promised them a piece of land. But he also told him That before they go into this land that I promised to them, they're going to be slaves in a land that wasn't theirs. And they're going to suffer affliction. But don't worry because I'm going to come back and I'm going to save them. So, hundreds of years later, the children of Israel, they end up in Egypt. And for those who don't know, they were then slaves in Egypt. 
And the Bible says that God raised up a deliverer named Moses. And God told Moses to go to Pharaoh. And when you get to Pharaoh, go in and tell them to let my children go. Tell them I need them to go and sacrifice to me in the wilderness. So Moses goes into Pharaoh and he tells him to let the people go and Pharaoh wasn't hearing it. I don't know your God and I'm not letting your people go. So God sends plagues on the land of Egypt. The first one was the plague of blood. Turn all the water to blood and when it happened, Pharaoh repented. Okay, all right, I'm going to let him go. Moses said, you just, just talk to your God, pray for me, get the, get the blood and all the stuff out of the water, and, and I'm going to let him go. Moses goes back, prays to God. Pharaoh changes his mind. Now, I'm not going to let him go, man. I ain't doing that. So he goes back, hey, let him go. Or this is going to happen, and Pharaoh told him, you know what? I'm not going to let them go. You know, so he did the flies and then the locusts and then the lice and then the livestock and all of these other things that had to happen and they kept going back and forth like this. Finally, they get to the plague of the firstborn son and he says, you know what? Get these people out of here. Send them on and I'm just going to let them go. They leave the nation and Pharaoh changes his mind again. Now they're out in the wilderness. Pharaoh chased them out in the wilderness. Pharaoh and his army, they die in the wilderness trying to catch them. So you saw miracle after miracle that was taking place through the hand of God. And the man of God, Moses, who spoke on his behalf to make this deliverance take place. So after they got through the Red Sea, they received the commandments and they agreed to the standards that have been set forth by God. An agreement is called a covenant. So the children of Israel are now in covenant with God. And being in covenant with God, they're headed towards the promised land. The land that was promised to Abraham hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Amen. I just saved you guys a lot of reading. Those are the cliff notes. Glory. <laughs> Glory to God. So they're getting ready to enter into the promised land. Matter of fact, let me back up. Because they're headed to the promised land, but before I go forward, I guess I need to explain a couple of things. Okay? There's three places in this story. There's bondage, the wilderness, and then the promised land. Bondage, the wilderness, and then the promised land. So bondage is the land of Egypt. That's the place where the Bible says, what does it say about the, the, the land of bondage? The Bible says that the land of bondage was a place where they endured affliction. They were beaten. They weren't treated right. Not only were they beaten and not treated right, but they also were not allowed to sacrifice unto God. 
But even though they weren't able to do those first two things, it says that there was also onions and garlic and there was fish and there was a lot of different things in the land that they could benefit from fleshly. They could benefit fleshly from those things. So then bondage is a place of fleshly provision. Aaron, Aaron, y'all right? Okay, amen. Glory. So then bondage is a place of fleshly provision, but it's also a place of spiritual emptiness. And affliction as a result of that spiritual emptiness. Every last one of us have dealt with this before. All of us was in some, some kind of bondage before we were delivered. Bondage to some kind of sin. Alcohol, drugs, prostitution, porn, murder. Whatever it was, there was some kind of bondage that kept us from going forward and we suffered affliction on earth as a result of those things that were at work in our lives. All of us were there. Or maybe it was just me. Y'all look pretty holy today. I'm just going to be honest. Y'all look like y'all been holy a long time. Amen. <laughs> we were all there. So then that's the place of bondage. But then the promised land is what? What does the Bible say about the promised land? The Bible said that when they went to the promised land, that it was a place that was well watered. It was fruitful. It was a place that the Bible says was flowing with milk and with honey. And it was a place that was going to belong to the children of God to where nobody would be able to restrict them from being able to sacrifice and being in covenant with God. So then if we're talking about the promised land, spiritually that's the land that we've been delivered to. That's the plan, that's, that's the land where our inheritance is at, amen? It is a place of spiritual and fleshly prosperity and fulfillment. Are you here? So then we're moving from bondage and we're headed to the promise. From bondage to the promise. But on our way to the promise and coming from bondage, there's a place in between these two locations that's referred to in the Bible as the wilderness. And the wilderness is a place that is drastically different than the place of bondage. It's a place where the only way that we're going to get through it is by faith. The only way through the wilderness is by faith. There's no water. The water that they found out there was bitter. They tried to drink it and they was mad because they couldn't drink it. They murmured and complained. God told them to throw the tree in the water and the waters became clean. 
It's a place where we have to depend on God for everything. And this is where we go the minute we're delivered from that place in our lives where we struggled, where we were out of communion with God. And so many people that become delivered from bondage die in the wilderness. So many people never make it from the land of bondage to the land of the promise. So many saints die in the wilderness. You see, if you're somebody who's been walking with the Lord and you've been here for any good amount of time and you're still with him, you ought to give God glory. That ought to be something that I can be thankful for. Because even though you're in the wilderness, glory to God, you're still walking. Your carcass ain't out there yet. Glory. <laughs> Headed to the land of promise. So let's continue. They're going through the promised land. And they're getting close. So the Bible says that Moses took and he sent out 12 spies. They go into the promised land and they're looking around and they see everything that it was said to be. Oh man, this is just what they said. This is nice. Milk. Honey. Grapes. They said the clusters of grapes were so big that one man couldn't carry it. They had to take it and put it on a stick and two people had to carry it. I want some of them grapes. Square beers. I'll take some of them. But also in the land of promise, there was people there. The Bible says that there were giants in the land. Not only were there giants in the land, but it said that the Hittites were there. And the Amorites and the Amalekites, they were all in the land of promise. Now, this was a problem because all of those people were enemies of the children of Israel. So all of their enemies were there, but they were still expected to go. Because God told them to go to the land of promise. So the spies, they come back to, to, to the wilderness and they're talking to Moses. And two of them, Joshua and Caleb, come back and they say, hey, listen, it was everything that you guys said it was. This is nice. They're coming back and they're giving them a report. What did you see in the land? It was everything that you said it was. There was milk. There was honey. There was these grapes. There were all of these different things. And all of this is nice. This is beautiful. There were, uh, there were some giants there, okay? There were some giants. And there were some enemies there that, that hate us and they're probably going to try to kill us when we get there. However, because God told us that when we go there, he was going to give us the land. And because he told us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And because he told us that if we're in covenant with him, we know that if we go into the land, we can possess this land that God told us to get. There was somebody there that had faith. That trusted in the covenant that was given by God to the people. And right after they got done speaking, the 
this is where we're going to pick up. Amen. Turn with me to Numbers, the 13th chapter. The 31st to the 33rd verse. Let's see what happened. How these people end up murmuring in the How y'all murmuring in the wilderness? And it reads, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against this people. For they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. So as soon as these people had come forth, as soon as Joshua and Caleb came in and they confirmed, hey, listen, God is with us and we're going to be all right, there was somebody else that came in. And it wasn't a button, and it wasn't just a couple people. The majority of the people came forth and said, listen, we cannot do this. We can't do this. They gave us the word of the Lord, but listen, I saw them. They were giants. We're like grasshoppers. They're up here. We're down here. It is not looking good for us. Let's not go. You see, we have to be careful who it is that we listen to. Because on our way to the promised land, the devil is going to use people to give you another report outside of the one that God told you to go in. Because there's nothing that can destroy a person that is in covenant in the wilderness except disobedience. You won't starve. There's not going to be an army that's going to come against you and destroy you. The only thing that can destroy you is not doing what he told you to do. Breaking the covenant. It's the only thing that can stop you in the wilderness. It's the only thing that can keep you from getting to the promised land. Are you here? We see it in the world that we live in now. He uses people to come into our, our, our camps and sow seeds of discontentment and unhappiness and fear. It's everywhere. It's on social media. It's on television. Some of your friends at work. Sowing seeds of discontentment and fear. This is not going to work. You cannot trust this. You cannot do this. It's everywhere. Discontentment and fear. But what, we, what, what should we do in the midst of these, these situations? The Bible says what? Proverbs 14 and 7. Proverbs 14 and 7. 
And it reads, Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. You see, if it came from the mouth of the Lord, that's knowledge. If God told me that I can go to the land of promise and I can conquer it, no matter who's in there with uh, I know that I'm going to be all right. If God told me that that land belongs to me, I know that it's okay for me to go in and possess it. If God told me that I'm going to have success, I know that I can walk in this way and have success. It doesn't matter what the enemy told this person to do. And when you see somebody talking against what it is that God established, go from the presence of that foolish man. All these naysayers. Turn away from what it is that they're saying. Because what they're trying to get you to do is die in the wilderness. How do they end up murmuring in the wilderness? Psalm 1 and 1 says what? Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sitteth in the seat of scorners. The counsel of the ungodly is going to tell you, you can't make it through the wilderness. It's time for you, you see, because it's, it's not just, ooh, we're going to get there in a minute. We're going to get there in a minute. Pay attention to what's coming out of people's mouth. I know it looks like your friend. Don't look at what they look like and feel like I can trust them because I trusted them to give me $100 last week. I don't care what they look like. Pay attention to what they say. Because that is what is going to align or separate. The Bible says in the book of Revelation there was a man He said that he did what? He said he looked like a lamb. But he spake like a dragon. He looked just like a lamb. But the things that was coming out of his mouth, it didn't line up. The Bible says that there's somebody, he's doing their what? He said, these people are wolves in sheep's clothes. Man, that brother looked just like a sheep. Let me go over here. But then he starts talking to you like, oh, wait a minute, that's a wolf right there. <laughs> Depart from the presence of a man when you perceive not the lips of knowledge in there. Listen to what they say. So we have to pay attention. So the results of those seeds will identify the purpose. What were the results of those seeds that they sowed? When they came in and told the people, hey man, we can't do it. What happened as a result of that? It led to murmuring. It led to murmuring and people started complaining. I want you to pick up with me. Numbers, the 14th chapter, 1 through 4. And it reads, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel did what? They murmured against who? Against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation 
said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we died in this wilderness? And wherefore have the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Amazing. Amazing. So what happened as a result of those seeds of those those seeds of doubt and this kiss this this discontentment and all of those things? What happened? It caused the people to turn away from the promise. Now they completely forgot. They completely forgot everything that had taken place. Not only did they turn away from the problem, they turned away from their, their leader. They said, uh, listen, Moses is going to make us walk into this land. We need to get us another leader that's going to give us the ability we're going to go back to Egypt. They were going back to their sin. They were going back to their chains, back to their bondage, back to a place where they can no longer sacrifice to God because they allowed those seeds of fear to take hold of their hearts where they could no longer be thankful, but now they were complaining. Everything that they had came through. They saw plague after plague after plague after plague. And God come through. God delivered them out of one of the most powerful nations in the world back then. Delivered them. Brought them out of that land. Took them into the wilderness. They were there when the Red Sea split. They saw all of this stuff take place. They saw the cloud of fire before them and the pillar of a cloud by night. They saw all of these things. They saw the army buried in the Red Sea. They came out of there. They saw him speak to the rock and water came out of the rock. They saw all of these things. They saw manna, the bread of heaven, come down and bless them in the wilderness. They've seen all of these things. But now all of a sudden, because these people have spoken seeds of doubt into their life, they begin to complain. And they can no longer see the works of the Lord in their own life. You see, when a person speaks against the word of the Lord and we give heed to it, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to stop appreciating the things that God did in our own lives. The things that were given to you by God. We stop appreciating the sun that God put in that sky. We stop appreciating uh, whatever it is that he gave me. He made me a man. I stop appreciating my manhood. The woman stops appreciating her womanhood. Both have special gifts, and neither one is lesser than the other. Both of them are great. We stop appreciating our race. We stop whatever it is. If I'm white, if I'm black, it's a gift from God. The white person's white skin is his gift. My black skin is my gift. The Asian man's yellow skin is his gift. The Puerto Rican man, brown skin, that's his gift. We should in all things be thankful and what? Be content with whatever it is that he's given you because it's a gift from God. But when we stop acknowledging the things that God has done, the first thing that we do 
is we become discontent with everything. That's why we see the people doing the things that they're doing, asking for the things that they ask for because it's never enough. Because the heart is what? Deceitful and desperately wicked. Give a man silver and he won't be satisfied with silver. You can't give a person enough for their flesh to be satisfied. But when you can give thanks to God, you can find contentment. Amen. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free. We hope you enjoyed today's message and invite you to fellowship with us at our new location. That's 32319 Blue Star Memorial Highway in Midway, Florida, 32343, where God wants to meet you midway. Until next time, Faith Family, be blessed. And remember, in Christ, you are totally free. No more chains are binding me. I'm totally free.